Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Okay, another week of coronavirus. You're going to love this, because think of this. How dramatic is this? Who's killing and why are they dying? Oh, my gosh. I mean, it just sounds so theatrical. So let's get our information from the Center for Disease Control and Promotion, because they are behind this. So who's at higher risk? They say older people, people with heart disease, diabetes, and lung diseases. So the majority of people dying are from, uh, that have second comorbidities or something wrong. Now, this is really important because when you look at America, 54% of our children have a chronic illness or disease. 60% of the adults have a chronic illness or disease. So that means 60% of the adults and 54% of the kids are at risk because they are sick and medicated. Uh, Now, if you're curious, if you'd like to have a crystal ball and look into the future, we have to look into the past. Go way back to October 2019. Now, this was the World uh, Economic Forum, Bill and Melinda Gates, and John Hopkins Center for Health Security. They did an exercise called Event 201. Now, this was in October 2019. We're going to post it up there, but if you look up Event 201, the exercise, and it's very theatrical. They have commercials, and it's all about a coronavirus that started a pig farm in South America and how this progressed through the panic and through um, the lack of science and the assumptions in order to literally control the finances, okay, and control the population. So it's it's really interesting to see, but they're talking about quarantines and shelves being emptied. So exactly what we're going through. So this is in a playbook. So now, when we look at this, let's look at ABC News. And I love the title of this. Now, this was March 14th, so we're just talking a few days ago. Now, um, this is the title of the article, What We Know and Don't Know About the Americans Who Died from the Coronavirus. At least 23 Americans who have died were over 70. Okay, now, so think of this. The majority of deaths have been among people in their 70s, 80s, and 90s. Now, this is very similar to Italy. Turns out that of the average age among the 105 people who died by the virus in Italy were over 81 years old. And this was by March 4th, so about a week ago. Um, and when you look at the U.S., we have the same problem. So, so what is this? Why are older people dying? Well, for one, you could look at viruses. Do viruses cause disease or are they the end result of a sick population? Do they take advantage of sick, unhealthy tissue? Um, so we can look at the incredible insanity of people trying to lock themselves away, don't hang out in, in crowds or anything else. So should we all be panicked about the virus the way the media tells us to? Or could this be... a um, kind of like a distraction. So knowing that the economy has is, is been overinflated and trashed and the health of the public is completely trashed. Um, so l- could it be a distraction by the government to crash the economy and have something to blame, like the virus? Absolutely. That seems to be the most logical. But let's look at the actual numbers. 
Now, last week we covered how the testing, the PCR test, is completely inaccurate and not really to identify the genetic sequence of a virus, just to identify, uh, it's just designed to multiply parts of the virus if they find any. So let's look at the numbers that we kind of know. If we look at Hubei province in China, now, overall, they had 81,000 cases. Now, 81,000 cases, did they all have uh, the appropriate um, testing? How accurate was the testing, knowing that the testing is completely inaccurate in the first place? So we got to know that that case number of 81,000 people, knowing that they could also have a flu, which is similar symptoms, the corona virus, the novel one could have similar symptoms, and it's in the winter time, and it happens to be in a province with high pollution, so we know that there's decreased lung function in that group. Uh, now, it's a population of 59 million in the Hubei province, and over the last three and a half months, they have 3,207 deaths. So that means out of, if you take the overall population, the 59 million people in this one Hubei province, 3,000 deaths over three and a half months, that means that that 59 million population had a death um, rate of 0 0.00005. So you have a greater chance of being struck by lightning than dying. So where's all the hype? Well, we could look at the U.S. I mean, if you look at the U.S. population, we've got around 327 million. Um, and if you multiply that same death rate, okay, we're looking at around 16,000 dead. Uh, if you look at our older population, okay, which is around 17% of the overall population over 65, um, we're looking at 2,800 dead. If you're looking at that death rate just affecting the more susceptibles. Now, as of March 13th, the CDC estimates that the flu, we're talking just the flu, um, there are 22,000 deaths. And that's the first part of this year. And that's a death rate of uh, about 100-fold of the death rate of the coronavirus, this novel one. Uh, so... You can look at 36 million flu illnesses, 370,000 hospitalizations from the flu, 22,000 deaths, but you don't hear about that, do you? No, but you do hear about Italy. Now, Italy has around 12,400 confirmed cases as of March 11th, 826 deaths. So now that's a death rate of 0 0.06. Now, if we look at China compared to Italy, Italy has around 60 million people. Hubei province in China has 59 million. So it's pretty similar. And so if you correlate that, it's probably going to have the similar death rates and infectious rates. Uh, but what's really going on? It's not the disease that's attacking people. It's not attacking healthy people. You don't need to worry about a virus. 45% of your DNA is viral. What's really going on? You drive a little further and you see a dead skunk on the side of the road and you see flies all around it. You could come up with a hypothesis that the flies killed the possum and killed the skunk instead of that the skunk and the possum were normal and healthy and then when they got diseased or dead, then these pathogens overtook them. So it's really not the pathogen or the virus or the fungus or the bacteria that people have to be concerned with. It's the weakened immune system.
And this goes on to Pasteur and Beauchamp. Are they afraid of the bacteria or the bug or the virus or the pathogen? Hell no. It all has to do with the immune system. Even Theobald Smith, um, who developed the, the brilliant formula, the virulence pathogen times the number of pathogens times the opening size, it's all divided by the resistance of the host. And knowing that we have a very, very sick population, our, our um, world is, is weakened. And so let's boil this down. What kind of things weaken your immune system? So what if you're on this planet and you're concerned about your health, not about just the coronavirus, what kind of things weaken your immune system and what kind of things strengthen your immune system? So let's just go that because, I mean, you can argue that the numbers are not accurate, that, you know, people are more at risk. So what weakens the immune system? Stress, physical, chemical, or emotional stress. What weakens the immune system? Medications, steroids, high blood pressure meds, cholesterol-lowering drugs, vaccines. Yes, that's right. Vaccines, particularly the flu shot, weakens your immune system and predisposes you to this. And I'm going to have data for all of this in journal articles that you can look up. And non-steroidal anti-inflammatories weaken the immune system. What also weakens the immune system? Nutritional deficiencies. And when you age, and this is one of the reasons it's affecting the older population, is because as you age, you produce less stomach acid. That, and that's called hypochlorhydria. That means that with low stomach acid, you can't absorb minerals. Without minerals, you can't utilize vitamins. And so we're also looking at, at nutrient deficiencies, people that are not eating healthy. Heck, there's still people doing low-salt diets in, in assisted living centers. They're getting hyponatremia. I mean, it's like crazy, fairly nutrient deficient. And then the sedentary lifestyle. That's right. A sedentary lifestyle is literally toxic to your brain and toxic to your body and lack of sleep. <clears throat> now, what kind of things strengthen the immune system? Healthy stress. Wait a second. If I said stress weakens the immune system, such as physical, chemical, and emotional stress, but healthy stress strengthens the immune system, oh, my God, let's blow a circuit here. And that's right. Healthy stress, like physical stress, this is exercising. This is elevating your heart rate, moving your, your lymphs around. Fantastically good for you. Healthy stress, okay? And when you're looking at chemical stressors, how would you like to do um, a, a sauna, which actually increases your metabolic response, causes you to sweat, causes you – that is going to be a chemical stressor. Emotional stress, healthy stress on that is to come up with a crazy stressed environment but empower yourself by coming up with a solution, by getting in charge of your emotional status, by doing neurolinguistic programming so when people are coming at you panicked, for absolutely no reason, you are going to be an emotional rock. Also, eliminate the reason for medications. If medications weaken your immune system, find out why you're taking them. Okay, if somebody says it's hereditary, I would, I would doubt that any medication is needed because your generation, your, your, your generational history made it here without the prescriptions, and they have somebody tell you that you need a prescription because high blood pressure runs in the family, or fibromyalgia runs in the family, or inflammatory bowel disease runs in the family. No, it doesn't. There's a difference between genetic and genetic expression.
So if you are taking steroids from an autoimmune condition, heal to get, get out of the stress state, deal with your physical, chemical, and emotional stress, which is the greatest inflammatory that you make. Okay, and so if you have elevations in cholesterol, look for the physical, chemical, or emotional stressors. And vaccines, yes, vaccines, the majority of them cause an inflammatory response, which is a stress. And there are better, more effective ways to elevate your immune system. And then nutrient sufficiencies. This is why you've got to get to your grandpa, dad, uncle, parent, whatever. Anybody is over 60 actually anybody that's alive on the planet, and fix their nutrient deficiencies. But give them mineral, plant-based mineral supplements. Give them healthy vitamins, vitamin C, vitamin D3. Make sure they have bioflavonoids, healthy fibers from healthy diet and phytonutrients. And get an active lifestyle. I mean, even if, if you're a quadriplegic sitting inside of a chair, you can do Wim Hof deep breathing methods, and that's... And when you're deep breathing, you're expanding your gut. So your, your diaphragm is coming out. When you're exhaling, your gut's going in, expelling the air. Do 10 minutes of deep breathing every day to hyperoxygenate the system and clean out the lungs. And get deep sleep. That works. Now we know how accurate are the corona tests. Last week we covered that they're completely inaccurate. But when we look at this, how many countries are actually utilizing the test? Um, when you look at what the countries are doing right now, in this one article, um, it's using U.S. Census Bureau and World Health, CDC, FDA data. The U.S. has a population of around 329 million prolific testing, even though the testing aren't really accurate. Now, um, and, and this is a great article. It was on Business Insider. Um, South Korea, which has the third highest number of cases behind um, uh, Italy and China, they have a death rate of 0.7%. And that means 50 people have died out of 7,478 cases. Now, so what is that? U.S. has one of the highest death rates at 3.6%, um, but that's because so few mild cases have been counted. And what does that mean? So you can elevate the death rates if, let's say you have 1,000 people that have this infection, 1,000 people. Let's make the numbers easy. And 100 of them have been tested. So that means you're testing around 10% of the people that are infected. Now, even though the tests aren't accurate, let's say the um, uh, 100 people that you're testing out of the 1,000 people infected, let's say, um, based on these numbers, three of them died. Okay, so now you can say that three out of 100 people with this died, and that would give you a death rate of around 3%. However, if you look at all of the ones that affected, um, you're looking at three hundredths of a percent. Okay, if you're looking at all the people infected. So the U.S. death rates are completely inflated. 
because they're not checking as many people because frankly they don't really care about checking people there's going to be no difference if you have this coronavirus there's therapies are going to be no different than if you have the standard flu so why test them particularly when the media just wants to panic now i don't actually know so <laughs> uh when we look, and, and you gotta you gotta look at this, and here's uh, Ashish Jha, the director of Harbor's Global Health Institute. Without testing, you have no idea how extension the infection is. You can't isolate people. You can't do anything. Um, this makes other inventions such as social distancing and cancellation of big events even more important. We have to shut down the schools, events everything because that's the only tool available to us until we get testing back up. It's been stunning to me how bad the federal response has been. The testing shortfall has been a multi-phase failure. For reasons that remain unknown, the U.S. did not rely on the World Health Organization coronavirus test in the earliest days of the outbreak. Instead, the CDC set out to make its own. But the CDC's test didn't always work right, and manufacturing had to relocate uh, possible contamination. Yeah, if you'll remember, way back in our very first um, talk about the coronavirus, uh, Dr. Fauci from the CDC was all excited because they were going to do new testing that has never been tested before, rush it through the FDA. Turns out that it's not really accurate, but at least we got the test first. Now, we know the current PCR test, and from the guy that, that won the Nobel Prize for inventing it, Dr. Kerry Mullis, um, or the doctor that invented it, Kerry Mullis, uh, quantitative PCR is an oxymoron, because why? The PCR test, or polymer, polymerase chain reaction test, is not looking for the number of viruses. It's not looking to look for how much it is. In fact, although it's a misimpression that the viral load tests actually count the number of viruses in the blood, these tests cannot detect free infectious viruses at all. They can only detect proteins that are believed, in some cases wrongly, to be unique to HIV. These tests can detect genetic sequences of viruses, but not viruses themselves. Let me read that again. The test can detect genetic sequences of viruses, but not viruses themselves. Mind-blowing, isn't it? Now, according to medicine.net, the corona tests are inaccurate. <clears throat> they give false negatives, false um, positive, faulty reagents. I mean, there's a lot of stuff wrong with them. So let's look at what lowers um, your immune system. First, number one, and this was a report by the British Medical Journal, it turns out that ACE inhibitors, which is a blood pressure lowering drug, has a massively higher rate of lung cancer. Now, this is a problem because if you're lowering your blood pressure because you have physical, chemical, or emotional stress, and that's the only thing that will raise blood pressure, by taking a drug to lower it, you're decreasing oxygen in the system. And that's literally true. Now, oxygen, or the blood, goes to the lungs. The lungs have to do a carbon dioxide oxygen transfer, and then oxygen is filtered back into the blood, and then the blood takes that oxygen to the tissue. Well, that's how it's supposed to work. 
But if you're if your blood isn't healthy, if you have physical, chemical, or emotional stress, the blood pressure may have to increase. So, and the worst thing is the use of these ACE inhibitors or angiotensin converting enzyme inhibitors. <clears throat> Um, this this process of the immune system. It's literally bradykinin uh, accumulation. And bradykinin, it's an inflammatory mediator. So that means that taking this drug lowers blood pressure, but it actually increases inflammation. And they're saying that this is um, literally related to lung cancer. Now, of course, uh, in this study, it was a, the ACE inhibitors were associated with an increased risk of cancer, and it was elevated in people that took blood pressure drugs for more than five years. They're saying additional long-term studies are needed to follow up uh, on the incident of this type of drug. Let's look at statins. Okay, statins uh, increase hypersensitivity pneumos, uh, pneumonitis pattern, which is literally uh, um, problems with the lungs. It increases nonspecific interstitial pneumonia, alveolar damage, which is the part of the lung that does that oxygen transfer, organized pneumonia, and lupus-like syndromes. All of this comes from statins. So could somebody that's taken a blood pressure and a cholesterol drug have a problem? Absolutely. When we look at uh, goodrx.com, Dr. Orange is an associate professor of clinical medicine in the geriatric division. And this is the Keck School of Medicine, USC. What does she say? More than 300 medications are known to cause some sort of drug-induced lung disease. And she goes in to talk about the different medications. 300 medications are known to cause some sort of lung disease. Now, in the United States, approximately 3% of the interstitial, but literally the tissue and the spaces around the air sacs, lung disease are drug-induced. Think of that. 3% of all the lung diseases. So, halving, okay, you're looking at commonly prescribed antibiotics, um, such as mac macrobid. We're looking at methotrexate, okay, one for rheumatoid arthritis and skin conditions. That causes interstitial pneumonia. You're looking at um, biologics, such as uh, the statin, uh, Herceptin. I mean, all of these. You're looking at seizure medications, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, ibuprofen, naproxen, um, Bactrim, hydrolyzine, um, cholesterol, med all cholesterol medications. Prevastatin, Prevacol, Simvastatin, Zocor, Lipitor, all of this stuff weakens the immune system response. And then we know that our seniors are severely vitamin deficiencies. Um, I mean, this was a study out of U.S. Pharma 2010, vitamin deficiencies in seniors. Mild vitamin C deficiencies are very common among seniors, particularly so among the frail and institutionalized. Anemia, cognitive impairment, increased propensity for developing infections, poor wound healing, are all associated with vitamin deficiencies. Listen to that. So we have the sickest population of animals on the planet, and multiple drugs can cause lung issues, and this is a 
disease that the government is trying to panic on that causes lung issues. Over 300 different medications. So you're looking at a population of the planet in America that's the sickest drugged population of the planet. And now they're completely stressed because we have the media not inciting comfort and security to tell you to strengthen your immune system, get vitamin C, do all the things that you can do. No, we have a drug population that is um, going to be really sick. And this article goes on to state what drugs can cause this. Antacids can cause vitamin B deficiency, antibiotics, vitamin K deficiency. You're looking at mild seizures older than 65. Neurologic symptoms from um, nutrition deficiency. It's insane. Now, flu vaccine. Is the flu vaccine recommended for everyone or recommended for everyone in America? You betcha. So let's go in to the British Medical Journal. This was published in January 2018. Um, they do not mention, quote, the negative effect vaccine effectiveness, the increase in risk of illness from influenza and non-influenza viruses associated with the vaccine or caused by. That was an article out of 2012. Here's another one. They do not mention that a vaccine effectiveness in one season may increase influenza risk in a subsequent season. Listen to that. If you get a flu shot this year, not only does it weaken your immune system, but it could increase your susceptibility to getting something next year. Okay, now do we force our, our senior population to get it? Just about. Okay, so let's go back to how you are designed. Um, this, this article goes on to state that there's a negative 17% um, flu shot efficacy. Negative means that it causes more problems in, in Canada. Negative 15% in Spain. Negative 73% in the UK. Negative 41% in Wales. That means it harms more people than it helps. So what can you do? First, if you have a problem with that you're taking a medication for, find the real problem. Look at back pain, neck pain, high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, inflammatory bowel disease, anxiety. All of these are adapt adaptations to stress. Don't drug the symptoms. Uh, if you're taking medications, find the, doc find the doctor that will look for the cause and not drug the symptoms. Deal effectively with your physical, chemical, and emotional stress. For God's sake, look at the videos we got. Look at the blood control that's going to be the end result of this. Quarantine and psychosis. They are going to crash the economy and utilize this virus as the scapegoat. Just do not fall into the fear. Your body is built by God. Your quality, you're designed to thrive on this planet. Look at your physical, chemical, and emotional stress, and you will thrive. This is Dr. John Bergman. God bless you, and I love you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.